Welcome to Mount Olive First Pentecostal Holiness Church. Thank you for connecting with us. Our desire at MOF PHC is for you and your family to find hope in Jesus Christ so that He will transform your life. Thanks again for connecting with us. Please contact us if we can help you discover God's purpose for your life. Enjoy the message. Everyone that's watching online, thank you all for all being here on campus today, and thank you for your prayers. Uh, it's good to be back here with uh, my church family. Had some time away uh, to get re, uh, some uh, replenished and refreshed with my own family as we took some time away last week. And uh, it's funny, I've, we had a chance to go do some different things, and I was thinking last night, uh, we, we rafted in the rapids, swam with sharks and stingrays. Got home yesterday afternoon and was going to go out there and work out in the yard and play basketball with some junior high kids and ended up hurting my leg. But the Lord's going to help me this morning. And I believe it's nothing but the devil trying to stop me. And so I just want you to pray for me right now. Before I deliver this message, I want you to pray that God will give me the strength, give me the endurance to get through this time together and the next service as well. So if you will, just, would you just lift your hands up toward this way and, and would you just pray right now that the Lord would touch you, Pastor, right now and just touch my body and my mind and my heart and just help me not be distracted by any pain or any discomfort, but just to be focused on the Word of God. I declare right now, God, just a relief to come. I declare right now, God, your anointing over my life, God, in the name of Jesus. God, victory and help. I pray, Lord, that you would use me, God. Lord, fill my heart with your love this morning, God. I pray right now, Lord, your love would overflow in me, God. Lord, help me, Jesus. Help our church. Lord, I need you. Please help me. Please help me, Jesus. I ask these things in your name, Lord. Lord, I pray right now that you will be glorified. Move all of us out of the way. Holy Spirit, you move and you work. Lead us and guide us through this time, oh Lord. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Lord, help me, Jesus. I just want you to know that I have been really seeking the Lord. Could do a whole lot better job at it, I know. But had time to really call on the Lord and seek the Lord and evaluate my own life as a preacher, as a pastor. I know the Lord's been here to help us and help me, and I'm so thankful for all that he's done, but there's so much more that I can grow, so much more room for me to grow. And the Lord's really impressed some things on my heart as I go forward in, in the ministry that I have here in this church and what God wants to do through me and also through this church. And so in seeking the Lord and asking him what he would want to do for this local church as we move forward. Uh, in my own heart, what I've been hearing from the Lord, I feel like is one word. The Lord knows I can't handle a whole lot, so he usually gives me just one word. 
And that one word that I feel the Lord has laid on my heart and I keep hearing from the Lord, hearing from the Lord, and I can't get away from it is the word urgent. It's the word urgent. That word urgent or or the word urgency, it means to to respond. It means to respond to a a critical event. It means to... to, uh, it means to give attention to something that's critical that's going on around you, friend. And I'm just here to tell you we're living in urgent times. And I'm not just saying that to say it. I really believe the Lord has impressed this on my heart that it's urgent. It's urgent for us that we would respond to these critical times that we see going on in the world around us. So over the next few weeks, I'm just trusting the Holy Spirit will lead me and I'm going to be speaking to you while we, the church, all of us, why we need to be given our attention to and why we need to be responding to some of the critical events that we see unfolding right before our very eyes. We are living in urgent times and urgent times require an urgent response. We need to be responding we need to be giving attention to what we see going on around us. So I'm going to be challenging you like never before. Do you hear me? I'm going to be challenging you today. I'm going to be challenging you going forward like never before. And I'm doing it because I love you. I, I'm not mad. I'm not, I'm, my heart is not hard toward anyone. But I believe that this is urgent times. And God is trying to get our attention so we will respond the right way. My heart is focused on committing to getting this church ready for the return of Jesus Christ. Did you hear me? That, that, I feel like the Lord has pushed that on me to make sure that this local church is ready to respond to the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's trying to get our attentions. I'm trying to get our attention to make sure that we're prepared for the end times. That we are prepared for the end times. And, and I hope, like, like many of us, I hope you realize that, that we're living in those end times now. I really believe that. I see the things that are unfolding on the world scale and, and even in our nation and the world events that are taking place. And all it's doing, friend, and it lines right up with the scriptures and it lines right up with Bible prophecy. And it's pointing to the nearness of the return of Jesus Christ. And we should be excited, we should be ready, but we should also be urgent in our response to this event that's going to be taking place. Don't, don't you just get the sense that everything that's happening all across the world and right here in our nation, don't you get the sense that something greater is about to happen? Yeah. Hallelujah! Yeah. Hallelujah! And we need to be focused and we need to be prepared We need to be prepared. We need to know the time that we're living in. We need to know the time that we're living in. Paul said those words in Romans 13, 11. Paul said to church, listen, he wasn't talking to unbelievers. Paul was talking to the church. And Paul said this. He says, and do this, knowing the time that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. The church needs to wake up. The church needs to wake up. Pastors need to wake up. The people of God need to wake up. Paul says they need to wake up. It's high time to come out of that sleep for now our salvation is nearer than we first believed. Friend, we need to know the time that we're living in. 
Please tune in this morning. We need to know the time. I can look out around and I can tell you, friend, it's an uncertain time. It's an unusual time. It's an unbelievable time, but it's also an urgent time for the church, not for us to be asleep, but for us to be awake to the things of God. So God, help us to be awake. You know why we need to be awake? Because Paul says that our salvation is nearer than we first believed. What Paul is saying that Jesus is about to come back. There's, a, there's going to be a return of Jesus Christ. And when he comes back, he's coming in power and he's coming in glory. And Jesus, many times, he spoke about his return to his followers. He was always encouraging those that are followers of Christ to to, uh, keep watch and to stay awake. And and one of the most powerful, one of the most powerful and tragic stories that Jesus ever illustrated was through a parable of the ten virgins found in Matthew 25. If you have your Bible, you can go ahead and turn there now. I'll have it on the screen. I hope you have something that you can look these scriptures up with. Matthew 25. If you get a chance this week for homework, go back and read Matthew 24 and Matthew 25. Matthew 25 is is a parable of the ten virgins. And let me just kind of go ahead and give it to you in context before I read it to you. There's a lot here. In this story, just to break it down, there's, there's ten virgins, or in some translations say they're bridesmaids. They represent the church. And then you have the bridegroom. The bridegroom is Jesus Christ. And there's an invitation sent out for them to come to this wedding banquet, this wedding celebration. And, and you really need to know from the culture of that day and that time that marriage marriage and a wedding celebration especially marriage it had three stages the very first stage to marriage I'm going to read the scripture but I want to give you some context the very first stage of marriage was the agreement between the the parents of the groom and the parents of the bride can you imagine that the parents of the groom and the parents of the bride had to agree that this was going to be a wedding first things would change today amen The second stage was the engagement stage and this is when the proposal was made and then the time frame would go leading right up into the wedding celebration. But the bride and the groom would commit themselves to each other. And then the third stage is the consummation of marriage and this event took place after the marriage ceremony and after the marriage feast. But here's where I want you to just uh, think about this. It was during the engagement stage During the engagement stage that the groom would go back to his father's house and he would build an additional room onto the father's house for his bride-to-be. Back then when they had a wedding, you would know who the father was because he was the one crying at the weddings. Because back then the father, the groom, the father of the groom, he had to pay for the wedding and pay for the addition to the house. That's why he was crying. And after the additional room was constructed, the groom, oh my, you just got to love it. When you really study and learn about this, the culture there in the Bible, after the room was constructed, the groom, he would head back to where his bride was. And on his way back, there would be a, a wedding processional or a wedding parade. And people would be lined up everywhere. And they would begin shouting, the groom is coming, the groom is coming, the groom is coming. And the closer they got, the, the, the groom got to the bride, the shouts would get louder and louder. The groom is coming. The groom is coming. The groom is coming. And friend, Jesus is reminding them in this story, like he reminds us in the scripture when he says, I'm going to my father's place and I'm 
building a place for you and one day I'm going to come back and I'm going to get you to take you where I am because the church is the bride of Christ. Aren't you looking forward to that day? Hallelujah. He gives us this story here. He says in Matthew 25, verses 1 through 13, 13, Jesus says, The kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise and five were foolish. And those who were foolish took their lamps and uh, took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight a cry was heard, Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. And then all of those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, No, lest there should be not enough for us and you, but go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding, and the door was shut. At the word, the other virgins came, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, As surely I say to you, I do not know you. Watch therefore. For you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. Jesus, please help me. Take this word now, God, and just place it onto the hearts of your people. God, I again ask you for you to fill me with your love. Lord, please open the hearts of your people. Speak, Lord, today. Draw people near to you. If there's anyone here today that's being playing games with you, Lord, I pray today, God, that they would get serious with you and commit and surrender all to you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen. I want to just point a few things out from this parable that I believe God wants to say to us today. The first thing I want you to notice is this urgent cry. There's an urgent cry. The Bible says that at midnight a cry was heard and says, Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. Jesus is telling us in this parable that a cry was heard at midnight. And friend, midnight is a very dark time. And if we would just look around in our world today, and especially right here in our own backyard here in America, we would declare today that it's about midnight. It's a dark time. It's a dark time. There's a dark time of lawlessness. There's a dark time of rebellion. There's a dark time of rioting. There's a dark time of chaos and confusion. There's a dark time of violence and murder. There's a dark time of perversion going on in our world today. Friend, I would just offer to you that America right now is at the hour of midnight and there needs to be a cry going out that says, Behold, the bridegroom is coming. The bridegroom is coming. Be ready to go out and meet him. It was an urgent cry in the darkest hour warning that Jesus is coming back. It's an urgent cry for everyone to be prepared. It's an urgent cry for everyone to be ready to meet the Lord. It's an urgent cry for the church to wake up. Listen, friend, listen, there should be a cry in this dark hour that we're living in. There should be a voice crying out like John the Baptist, prepare the way for the Lord. There should be a voice crying out like the prophet Amos that says, prepare to meet thy God. There should be a voice. There should be an urgent cry coming from every pulpit in America today that Jesus is coming back soon. 
There should be an urgent cry coming from every pastor across this land that Jesus is coming back. There should be an urgent cry all across this world that Jesus is coming soon. And you need to be ready and you need to be prepared to meet Jesus And the cry should be getting louder and louder. Friend, listen, the darker that the season we're in gets, the louder the cry should be from the church. Every one of us in here should be crying out with that same voice that prepared the way the bridegroom is coming. We should be telling our family. We should be telling our friends. We should be declaring this in this dark hour, reminding people and warning them to be ready for the return of Jesus Christ. There should be an urgent cry warning people that Jesus is coming soon. The great evangelist D.L. Moody, he was one of those who had that voice that shouted out in the darkest hours that Jesus is coming back. And God used evangelist D.L. Moody in a mighty way. He won many, many souls to the Lord. And there was this man who wanted to know the secret to D.L. Moody's ministry. So he, he launched out and, and began to uh, follow D.L. Moody and go to his uh, uh, campaigns and crusades where he was preaching at. And he was going to determine, he was determined, I'm going to find out what the secret is to D.L. Moody's ministry. And after spending time listening to Brother Moody, he comes back to his friends and he says, I have discovered D.L. Moody's secret. I have discovered his secret. And they said, well, what is it? And he says, he believes that Jesus is coming back tomorrow. He believes Jesus Christ is coming back tomorrow. He is living and preaching his life with urgency, thinking that this could be the very last day for those that are listening as he preaches the word of God. Friend, there's nothing stopping Jesus from coming back. Are are you ready? Are you prepared? Are you like D.L. Moody? Are you living your life with urgency, knowing that Jesus Christ could come back at any time? That should be one of the main things that we focus our heart on right now. As we see things get darker, we should be focused on crying out, knowing that Jesus is coming back soon. It was an urgent cry, and it was an urgent crisis. The crisis was there was five virgins who had no oil for their lamps. They requested oil from the other virgins, but they were denied the oil, and they went away to buy oil for their lamps. And while they were away, the bridegroom came, and they missed the wedding celebration, and the door was shut. They were in a crisis. And when you look at this story here, you see so many crises show up. The crisis was that they were once ready, but now they're not. They were once ready like many of you on the pews and many of you watching online. You were once ready, but now you're not. They were once wise, but now they're foolish. These these foolish virgins, they, they represent so many who have slowly drifted away from God. They they represent so many who were at one time, you were on fire for God. I mean, you were on fire for God, and now you're lukewarm. They were in a crisis. They were once ready, but now they're not. They've drifted away from God. The Bible says they have no oil for their lamps. You know what that means? They were empty. I wonder how many are sitting on the pews and watching this morning. You're empty. You're empty, you're dry, you're careless. There's no light. There's no testimony no more in your life. You're never uh, talking about Jesus, testifying about Jesus. 
It's all about how you can cope and get through what you're going through. Where's the testimony? Where's the light shining through you? No desire to spend time with Jesus. No passion for Jesus. No commitment to Jesus. No faithfulness to Jesus. No relationship with Jesus. No prayer life with Jesus. No Bible time. No worship time. No praise. We have to be worked up, drummed up, pepped up, primed up, trying to get a praise out of you. God's people should be praising the Lord all the time for who he is and for what he's done. No thanksgiving no desire to obey Jesus, no dependence on Jesus, no surrender to Jesus. We see that today in the churches in America. We see that today. Some that were once ready, but they're not ready anymore. The Bible calls it a great falling away. If you look in Matthew 24, before we get to Matthew 25, Jesus said one of the signs that we're living in the end times is there's going to be a great falling away from the faith. And friend, that's called apostasy. And that word apostasy means a departure from the Christians of, from the Christian faith. You were once on fire, you were once a believer, but now you've departed from your faith. And friend, I'm telling you, that is happening right before our very eyes. Listen to this survey by George Barna. I know you can get a lot of information out there, but George Barna is pretty much on target. He surveyed professing Christians and 60% of professing Christians believe that there are other ways to God besides Jesus Christ. 60%. When we know the word of God, Jesus says, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. No one can go to the Father except through me. Jesus said those words. It's because there's a great falling away. 44% said they believe Jesus sinned when he was here on this earth. 44% of professing Christians said they believed that Jesus sinned while he was on this earth. We know what Paul says, that God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God. He's the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Listen, a sinner can't save a sinner. He was sinless. He was the perfect Lamb. He was without sin. I'm just telling you all this to let you know, friend, that America, the American church is in a crisis. There's a falling away. People who were once ready. People who were once ready, but now they're not. Is that you this morning? I'm asking you a question. Is that you this morning? You were once ready. You were once on fire, ready to go for God. But now you're not. Your oil's gone. You're empty. You're dry. You're careless. There's no prayer life. There's no Bible time. There's no relationship with Jesus. Come on! Is that you? I'm warning you. Be prepared. I'm warning you to be prepared. The crisis was the Lord's return caught them by surprise. Listen, when Jesus comes back, he's going to catch a lot of people by surprise. I'm reading this story and I'm thinking, how, how, in, the world, how in the world could they all fall asleep when they know he's coming back? He, they know the bridegroom's coming. How in the world could the church fall asleep? But we read there that it was a delay. There was a delay in his coming. And maybe it's through the delay that they thought maybe he's not coming back at all. Friend, I'm telling you right now, the reality is and the truth is, Jesus said that he is coming back and he is going to come back. There's a delay there, so maybe they think he's not coming back. And the foolish, the foolish, the foolish will think that Jesus is not coming back and they'll think that they can live any way they want to in their life. 
They think they can come in on Sunday morning and, and play church and be a Sunday morning Christian and they can go out the rest of the week and sin and sin and sin and live like they want to and they think they're going to be okay. But this story here tells me different. The foolish think the delay means they're never going to have to stand before the Lord Jesus Christ and give an account for their life. Friends, one day some of you are going to be caught by surprise. The foolish think that delay means they're going to never have to stand before the Lord and give an account. The foolish will one day, listen, you're going to stand before the Lord and you're going to realize that you wasted all your life chasing after things that were empty. Because the Bible says, what profit a man if he gains the whole world, yet he forfeits his soul. The foolish will think they're gaining everything when they're losing everything. The foolish will think they have time later in life to get right with God. Well, I'll just do my thing right now. This is the season I'm in. I'm young. I'm going to enjoy life. I'm going to do this. I'm going to experience that. You know, God's going to, he's going to have mercy on me. He's going to help me get right there toward the end. I'll just wait there till I get on my deathbed and I'll cry out to God. Friend, listen, some of you are going to be caught by surprise. You think you have plenty of time. You think you have plenty. Listen, if you think you have plenty of time to get ready, you're gambling with your soul. And I encourage you this morning with all the love in my heart that you would stop playing games with God and stop gambling with your soul and get things right with him now. Get things right with him now. One of the greatest lies the devil will tell you is that you'll always have plenty of time. There's no need for you to get right now. The devil wants you to just keep putting it off. There's there's no hurry. Listen, I'm talking to Christians. There's no hurry. There's no rush. Listen, you're a fool today if you believe you have plenty of time. Oh, I wish I had a list of the funerals that we've done over the last year here. I'm talking about people who are just young people, old people. It don't matter, friend. There's no promise for tomorrow. Every day's a gift from God. Be prepared. The bridegroom's gonna come when you least expect him. He's gonna catch people by surprise. He's going to catch people by surprise. The Bible says, be ye ready for we don't know the hour that the Son of Man come. He's going to come when we don't expect him. He's going to come when we don't expect him. Get things right in your life. Get things right with God. And I pray Jesus will not catch you by surprise. The urgent crisis was the foolish were not prepared. They were not prepared. Can can you just imagine, put yourself in this story here, and there they are, there's 10 of them, and and some got lamps, and they got oil inside, and and some got lamps with no oil, and and then the the doors open, and some go in, and here they come, and they're not prepared, and they let their oil run out, and they become empty and dry, and I bet they're pleading with the bridegroom, listen, listen, we got our lamp, we got our lamp. We may not have no oil, but at least we got our lamp. And all they're saying is, is we got religion, but we don't have no power. We got church membership, but we don't have no salvation. We have church attendance, but there's no been no uh, life transformation in my life. I have the tradition, but there's no transformation. I have the lamb. Lord, I got the lamb, but there's no oil. There's no oil. Jesus said, Some will honor me with their lips, but their hearts will be far from me. Lamp, but no oil. Coming to church, but never been born again. Lamp, no oil. 
coming to church but never made a decision to follow Christ. Some of you have been coming here for months and years and years and you sit there, you're watching online right now wherever you are and you've heard the gospel time and time again but you've never made a decision to fully surrender your life to Jesus Christ. You want to play a little bit of church. You want to make it look like you're saved. You want to make it look like you're right with God but we know on the inside there's no all. Jesus, people play in church. I just, Lord, give me the word, fake followers. I wonder how many fake followers are here today. I wonder how many fake followers are watching on TV. Never fully surrendered all to God. Never completely committed themselves to Christ to live for him. A passion. You once had a passion, but now it's gone. You once had a relationship, but now it's, you, you don't even want to pray. You don't even want to read your Bible. You don't want to take no time to spend with the Lord. It's all you can do to at least be here on Sunday. Jesus, help us. In this story, Jesus calls these unprepared people, he calls them fools. He says they're foolish and we call atheists fools and we call agnostics fools. But I would offer to you today the greatest fool is the one that sits in church Sunday after Sunday and never surrenders their life to Jesus Christ. Be ye ready. Stop playing games. Be ye ready, sir. Be ye ready, ma'am. Be ye ready, young boy, young girl. Whoever you are, be ye ready because Jesus is coming back and the crisis is going to be that one day that the door is going to be shut. Can you imagine that the door was shut and these foolish versions, they're beating on the door and they're crying out, Lord, Lord, please let us in. And Jesus replied back, oh my gosh, listen to this. Jesus replied back, he says, I never knew you. I never knew you. Wait a minute, I was in church, I tithed, I was a member. You never spent time. You never had a relationship with me. You never, you never sought after. You were never committed. You were never surrendered totally to me. Please, Lord, open the door. But the door was shut. And that ought to wake every one of us up this morning. I said it should wake us up. Me, wake me up. Wake you up. What they discovered should wake all of us up. That you know what? One day it's going to be too late. One day it's going to be too late. Some of you are going to discover one day that it's going to be too late for you. You're going to discover that. It's going to be too late for you. The door is going to be shut and you're going to be on the outside pleading, pleading. You're going to be pleading, pleading. Please, Jesus, open the door. Open the door, please. And you're going to hear, I never knew you. Friend, I saw God. All I could see this morning when I was praying about this is just my loved ones, my family, and they're, 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 they're kneeled down and they're, they're beating, they're beating on the door. Please let me in, please. Please let me in, Lord, please. Grandsons, granddaughters, sons and daughters, moms and dads, friends, people in the church, they're going to be out there pleading, but the door 
it's going to be shut. Please hear me. Then it will be too late. It will be too late. And Jesus is teaching us that not everyone is going to make it in. He's teaching us that not everyone's going to make it in. Not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven. How tragic it will be to think that you're in only to discover that you're not going to be in. And hearing those words, depart from me, you evildoer, for I never knew you. I want to tell you something this morning. If the door closes on you, if the door closes on you, it will not be my fault. It won't be anybody on this staff's fault. It won't be anybody in the leadership of this church. If the door closes on you, it's going to be your fault. You, you, you can't go borrowing anybody else's all. You can't go buy anybody else's oil, friend. Listen, salvation comes through you trusting in Jesus Christ. And the good news is this morning, the, listen, the good news for all of us this morning is the door still open. The, the, listen, the door is still open. The door is open this morning for you. The door is open for salvation. The door is open for abundant life. The door is open for eternal life through Jesus Christ. The door is open for peace with God. The door is open for an everlasting hope that you can have in your life. Listen, the door is open, but you need to get right this morning before the door closes. Are you prepared to meet Jesus? Are you really prepared to stand before him and get an account of your life? I, I pray that everyone under the sound of my voice, I pray that you're hearing these words in love and I pray that God, is, through his Holy Spirit, is using these words to convict you, to push you, to move you, to draw near to him. Because, friend, there is coming a day. All I can see this morning is that closed door. And people standing outside pleading and pleading and pleading and begging. Don't let that person be you. I'm not telling you a fairy tale. I'm telling you the word of God. Get right. Pastor Kevin, Miss Amy, if you'll come and help me. One last point I want to share with you. And then we're going to Give everybody a chance to respond. What good is it if you hear it but you don't respond? There's an urgent challenge in this message. Jesus says, watch therefore for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. I can't stand up here and tell you he's coming tomorrow or the next day. All I can tell you is, is from this parable, the main point that Jesus was trying to illustrate and to teach us is to always be prepared. Always be prepared. Always be looking up. Always be looking up. And living your life with urgency, knowing that Jesus is coming back. Be ready. The challenge here is to stay awake. Stay awake, church. Don't let the devil lead you into some kind of slumber and sleep. 
Be ready at all times. Stay prepared. That's the whole meaning to this parable is to stay prepared. Live every day spiritually prepared. Wake up and be ready at all times. And you do that by surrendering your life to Jesus so you will be prepared for the end times. I've been amazed to see the different things out there on social media. And, and I probably have been one of the ones that have been involved in it, but you know, here's the mistake a lot of people are making. They think they're preparing for the end times. They think they're preparing for the end times when they try to figure out who's the Antichrist. They think they're preparing for the end times by figuring out if, if Bill Gates is the one that's going to invent this chip that goes into our hand or go into our forehead. They think they're preparing for the end times when they're trying to figure out who all the, the players on the world stage are going to be for this one world government and this one world religion. Let me just tell you, friend, it makes no difference to me. It makes no difference to me. The main thing is, Jesus said, the main thing is, you just be ready. You just be ready. You just be prepared. Live every day prepared. Because when you know that Jesus is coming back, and you know that you're prepared, and you're ready, and there's a passion, and a fervor, and a fire to draw near to him every day, you won't have anything at all to worry about. Hallelujah. You won't have anything to worry about. Amen. Be prepared. Be prepared. <laughs> Boy, y'all don't know the struggle up here. <laughs> Gosh, Lord. Please listen to me this morning. Maybe you were once ready, but now you're not ready. Friend, you can repent today and go back to Christ. His arms are loving arms, forgiving arms. He will embrace you today and love on you. And you just commit yourself to Him. Listen, it's more than just a, a little prayer. It's more than just a lifting of the hand. It's about committing your life to Jesus. It's, it's, listen, it's about surrendering your life to Jesus. Every day, every day, every day, you're thinking on Jesus. You're living for Jesus. Doesn't mean you're going to be perfect. You surrender to Him. Are you ready to meet Jesus? Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Hallelujah. Lord, please help me right now with this invitation. Please speak to the hearts of people here today. I want them to be sure. I want them to be sure. I want this church to be ready for the return of Jesus. I want them to be on fire and passionate about you, Lord, committed to you, surrender to you. Friend, if you're here today, and maybe I've been talking to you, and you know, you know deep down that you've been the fool. You've been the fool. And you've drifted away from God. There's been a falling away. This is an invitation, and I know it's a bold one, but this is about your soul and your eternal destiny. Friend, please, please listen to me. I'm pleading with you right now. There's going to come a day when the door will be shut and it's going to be too late and people will be caught by surprise. And I want you ready. I want you ready. But most of all, Jesus wants you ready. And if you're here this morning, you're ready to turn back to God. 
You're ready to turn back to him and commit yourself anew to him. Would you just lift your hand right there where you are and say, that's me. Come on, will you obey God? Obey God. It don't matter if your hands are going up all over the place. Come on, is that you, friend? Come on, I, I, I see your hand, sir. I see your hand, ma'am. I see your hand. I just want to commit my life to Christ. I want to be fully surrendered. Uh, and right now, I want to pray for the Lord to just accept me into his kingdom as one of his children. So right there where you are, just say, dear Jesus, Dear Jesus, I'm a sinner, but have mercy on me. Oh, Jesus, I'm a sinner, but have mercy on me. I give you my life, Lord. Today, I'm fully surrendering to you. I'm giving everything back to you, God. I have sinned and I've fallen away, but today I'm recommitting my life back to you. I'm surrendering my life back to you. Maybe you're online watching right now. You can just pray and say, Jesus, I'm a sinner, and I know you died for me on the cross, and I know you were resurrected for me out of the grave, and that you're alive today, and I can have everlasting life through faith in you. So, Lord, forgive me of my sins and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. And God, give me a new zeal, a new passion to surrender all. <clears throat> surrender all to you. I'm giving it all to you right now, Lord, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Many hands are up. Many watching online. You might could just type right there in the comment section and say, I surrendered to Jesus today. Just say, I surrender. Just type it. Uh, just say, I've made things right with God. Whatever you got to do, you just do it. And it's out of a prayer from the depth of your heart this morning, friend. It's not just something that you whisper out. It's because you are really committed and ready to surrender all to Jesus. If that's you this morning, you've made a commitment. And if that's you this morning and you're prepared and ready to go and you're ready for the return of Christ, I'm going to ask you to stand with me right now. If you're ready, if you're wise and you're longing and you're looking and you're ready for Jesus to come back and you know that you're ready and you're sure that in your heart, I want you to stand with me right now. Come on, it's an invitation. And if you're not standing, friend, we can get things right with the Lord right now. You can come to this altar. You can cry out to the Lord right there in your chair, right there in your pew. You can call on the name of the Lord, and you can be saved today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.